knocking around the Christmas tree. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the most wonderful time. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle Tired of an endless loop of pop Christmas music? Coming December 24th, sacred music for the Christmas season. LutheranPublicRadio.org Serenity Stability Solemnity Lutheran Public Radio, sacred music for the Christmas season. Coming Christmas Eve at LutheranPublicRadio.org The following is an encore presentation of Issues Etc. It is certainly a well-known hymn, O oh God, Our Help in Ages Past. It is based upon, a, I believe it's based upon a psalm, Definitely has themes that the Old Testament brings forward in the New Testament as well. It has stanzas that you can hardly forget. Time like an ever-rolling stream soon bears us all away. We fly forgotten as a dream dies at the opening day. Oh God, our help in ages past. It's a mainstay of the church's New Year's celebration. Why is that? Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. on this New Year's Day. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to be looking at the hymn, Oh God, Our Help in Ages Past. Pastor Brian Wolfmiller will be our guest. In the next hour of the program, the circumcision and the naming of Jesus, Dr. Arthur Just will be our guest. Pastor Brian Wolfmiller is a regular guest. He is pastor of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, co-host of a weekly radio talk show called Table Talk Radio and author of the book, Has American Christianity Failed? Brian, welcome back. Thank you, Todd. Why is this hymn that we're going to look at, Oh God, Our Help in Ages Past, often kept to the end of the service, a recessional hymn, at the end of a New Year's Eve or New Year's Day service? My guess on that is that this hymn, it doesn't mention Christ. In in fact, it's a kind of a general theological hymn. It is a paraphrase of Psalm 90, and, and it picks up on a lot of the biblical themes there. I think makes it incredibly fitting for use on New Year's, but it doesn't delve into the great mysteries of the Christian faith, uh, the doctrine of the Holy Trinity, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three persons, one God, the second great mystery of the Christian faith, the doctrine of the Incarnation, that Christ is both God and man. It doesn't mention our redemption, the blood of Jesus, or any of these things that we want the meat of the service to be about. So I think that this hymn, as a general hymn of praise, and also a a reflection on the mortality of our humanity— uh, is it's it's a perfectly fitting hymn for the themes of New Year's Eve, but it probably doesn't have enough to take the place of a chief hymn in one of the Lord's services. So one of the biblical ideas of this hymn is what what we would call the sovereignty of God. What's the proper biblical understanding of this teaching? This is, uh, I think, a really important thing for us to reflect on, and I've been thinking about it more and more, I, and it's the idea that that God, in fact, is is everywhere. In Him we live and we move and we have our being. 
that God not only created all things, but he sustains all things by the, by his own will. All things are upheld, and we that, that includes us. One of the things that we're tempted to in our hyper-technological materialistic age is to think that everything is cause and effect, completely natural. We have a monistic uh, ontology. That is, we believe that everything that exists can be measured, and we take God completely out of the equation so that most Christians, if you ask them, hey, do you believe in God? They'd say, yeah, of course, I believe in God, the creator of heaven and earth. But, but when you look at how we think about the reality in which we live, God is absent from that. Well, the scriptures and any theologian that's worth their salt, and this hymn, along with all the hymns, but this hymn in particular, won't let us drive that wedge, that distinction between our lives, our day-to-day lives, and the and the strength of God to sustain all of creation so that we can continue to live in it. Now, we had mentioned, I think you had mentioned uh, Psalm 90. Is that the, the primary biblical text for this? It is. Isaac Watts wrote a collection of hymns uh, on the Psalms, his own paraphrasing of the Psalms, and this is the Psalm 90 hymn. So that you see, uh, interestingly enough, not in the first stanza, but really starting with the second stanza and all through the meat of the hymn, you can see him paraphrasing the very, almost in, in some ways very literally, just taking and making into English poetry uh, the verses that Moses teaches us to pray there in Psalm 90. And all the themes of the first half of Psalm 90 are wrapped up into this hymn as well. You had mentioned Isaac Watts, the the author of the hymn. What can you tell us about him briefly? His life straddled 1700, so 1674 to 1748, at least according to the hymnal. Those are his dates, and he was an English hymn writer. Uh, I get the feeling that when we were crafting our early Lutheran hymns, that and, and this is just my hunch, but my hunch is that we were trying to keep Isaac Watts from taking over because there were so many of his hymns, almost 800 hymns this guy wrote in his life, and they're all in English, and all of the old German heritage that we had, was it was there in German or it was in Latin, and we, you had to do the translation work, but here is a fountain of English hymnody, and you can always tell when you're singing a hymn in its original language. The, the language and the color and the vibrancy is just a little bit more than you can ever get from a translation. And so Isaac Watts' hymns have that. They have this beautiful uh, sense that they, they're embedded there in the English language. So he's called the godfather of English hymnody, and I think for good reason. He wasn't an Anglican, even though he was in England. Apparently he was a nonconformist, which I couldn't sort out what kind of nonconformity he was, but according to his hymn, it looks like he probably had some Calvinistic leanings, which put him out of favor with the Church of England, so he couldn't go to Oxford and Cambridge. But he was, even in the middle of his life, a famous theologian, and most especially a famous hymn writer who gave us all of these beautiful English hymns. What should we be listening for in stanza one of this famous hymn? Well, we can listen. You'll hear a, a kind of beautiful parallelism, but if you think of it like on today, it's, uh, as we celebrate New Year's, that one of the things that we're doing is we're thinking backwards and we're thinking forward. And Psalm 90 is going to cause us to reflect on that, and the first stanza of this hymn is going to get us thinking in both of these directions. We're looking at what God has done in the past, and we're also thinking about what God will do in the future. O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home.
choir of Wakefield Cathedral with the hymn, O God, Our Help in Ages Past, stanza one. Pastor Brian Wolfmiller is our guest. So take us into this. It is primarily focusing upon God as our help, hope, and shelter. Talk about that. Yeah, so as we think back on the past, just, you know, like now, we're thinking back on what happened the last year, and, and we're thinking about, you know, the previous decades of our life, and we and we think, well, what has God been? And the answer that the hymn provides is this beautiful word, that he is our help. Oh, God, our help in ages past, that all the time that we've been in need in this pilgrimage of life, the Lord has been there. And he won't leave us or forsake us. So then as we turn around and we think about the future, we God now has a different name, uh, our hope for years to come. So that God has been our help in the past and he's our hope for the years to come. That he's been the one who's been with us all the way and he is the one who will continue with us in this pilgrimage. And then that is paralleled in the second strophe here. It says, the shelter in the stormy blast and our eternal home. A shelter is, it has this idea of a tent or a tabernacle. You know, it's got a kind of, you're putting, you're putting up the umbrella to weather the storm. But finally, you know, as you, you have your umbrella and your rain jacket and you're going through the storm, but then you get into your house and the umbrella is away because you have the roof, the permanent fixture. So as we're going through this life, the Lord is our help in the midst of storms. But at last we will reach our home with the Lord himself where the storms can't reach to us, where we have an eternal permanent dwelling with the Lord. So this hymn is putting us as pilgrims in the midst of this troubled world. We're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but the Lord has has helped us and he continues to help us. And he is the one who will help us all the way to our eternal life in the resurrection. In financial matters, we often hear that past performance is no predictor or guarantee of future performance. But that doesn't sound like it's the case when it comes to our God. That's the opposite of how the Psalms teach us to pray. The Lord is always reminding us of the things that he has done in the past, and these are the down payments of what he will do in the future. So all the Psalms are praying, remember how the Lord rescued you from Egypt. Remember how the Lord took care of Pharaoh. Remember the Red Sea. Remember the ark. Remember Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember the Lord's provision. Remember how he stuck with you in the 40 years of wandering. Remember how he brought you out of the land of Babylon. Remember, remember, remember. How will I extol the Lord if I can't remember his name? This is the the theology of the scriptures, that we remember the things that the Lord has done. And then when it doesn't seem like the Lord is treating us the same way that he did in the past, then where our prayers are, Lord, remember how you used to do this? Well, you should continue to do it. So the, to remember the Lord's mercy is a is a mainstay of the theology of the Psalms and the prayers that the Lord teaches us there. Stanza 2 Under the shadow of thy throne, thy saints have dwelt secure. Sufficient is thine arm alone, and our defense is sure. Wolf Miller, where do we find the shadow of his throne? 
This is really great because the throne of God is in heaven itself where Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. He is uh, there on the eternal throne of David and he's ruling and reigning all things for the sake of his church. But we can't be there. We're, it's not our time yet uh, to be in heaven, at least uh, apart from faith. We know by faith that we're seated in the heavenly places with the Lord. But that shadow is, ca the, his throne casts a shadow all the way to the earth and the shadow is his word. It's it's when we have the Lord's word, which manifests his will and the conversation around that heavenly throne, that we know that we're safe. So that we hear in the scriptures, in the preaching of law and gospel, in the delivery of God's promises, we have the shadow of the, th of the heavenly throne cast upon the earth. And when we have his word, we are safe and secure. There, there is nothing that can or uh, that can, can steal anything away from us. We have the kingdom of God delivered to us in the word, and that gives us this great confidence and boldness to live in this life. This image of thine arm is a very strong one in the Old Testament, isn't it? Yeah, the arm of the Lord is the strength of the Lord, the authority of the Lord. And we even have a sola. Isaac Watts gives us a sola. Thine arm alone is our defense, and it makes us sure that we are safe. There's always a temptation, and this comes up in the Psalms and the prophets also. There's always a temptation to t trust in other things, to the, in the strength of men, in war horses, in the might of kingdoms, in the, in the march of history or whatever. There's always a temptation to look for security and for safety in things other than the Lord and his arm, his strength, his work. Luther talks about this, how money is the most common idol. And the reason money is an idol is that we think that if we have enough, we're secure. And if we don't have enough, we're not secure. But we, we learn in the scriptures, and it's brought to us in this hymn beautifully, that the Lord alone is our defense. The Lord alone is our strength. If the Lord wants us to live, we live. If the Lord wants us to die, we die. Things change like this according to the Lord's will. The Lord lifts up. The Lord uh, takes down. The Lord puts kings in places. He tears down thrones and, and brings the haughty and prideful to nothing. Nations are here and nations are gone. All of this according to the Lord's will. So it's his arm that is our safety and our defense. Pastor Brian Wolf Miller is our guest. We're studying, Oh God, Our Help in Ages Past. He's pastor of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, co-host of a weekly radio talk show called Table Talk Radio. He's authored the book, Has American Christianity Failed? You can order this book from Concordia Publishing House any weekday during regular business hours, 1-800-325-3040, 1-800-325-3040, or browse before you buy at issueztc.org. Click Listen On Demand. Before the hills in order stood or earth received her frame, from everlasting thou art God to endless years the same. We'll hear that stanza and study it with Pastor Brian Wolf Miller after this. This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we revel further in Colossians with Alive in Christ. Let no one disqualify you, things above. Mortify your members and the shape of the new life. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. We know that you want to build your family on the right foundation from the very start, the foundation of Jesus Christ. 
Concordia Publishing House offers more than 8,000 products for churches, schools, and homes. Dedicated customer service and an experienced staff to help you focus on what matters most. Click to connect at cph.org. Concordia Publishing House. Listening, responding, providing for God's people. Concordia Publishing House. cph.org. We love our on-demand listeners. You're listening to Issues Etc. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial A Podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. With the oldest deaconess program of the LCMS, Concordia University Chicago has fully certified young women for the deaconess vocation for more than 40 years. I'm Deaconess Kristen Wasilak, Program Director for Deaconess Studies. Help us identify the next generation of servants to care for souls, engage our communities in mercy, and teach God's Word. Learn more about Concordia Chicago's Deaconess Program today at cuchicago.edu. cuchicago.edu. Stanza three of the hymn, O God, Our Help in Ages Past. Pastor Brian Wolfmiller is our guest here on Issues Etc. as we study it on this New Year's Day. Take us into the language of this particular stanza. It goes back before history, before the foundation of the world. Yeah, this, and this is where we really start to pick up the paraphrase of Psalm 90. So just to compare the first couple of verses of that psalm, the, the, by the way, the Psalm 90 being the only psalm of Moses so the oldest of all of the psalms the the fountain of all the psalms and and we're going to we're going to see how the theme of this psalm is picking up on the idea of time especially at when it as it relates to our own mortality so that psalm 90 is a traditional psalm used on new year's eve and new year's day it's also a traditional psalm used during funerals so we at hope here use psalm 90 when it's time to close the casket back in the narthex before the blessed dead are brought into the sanctuary for the for their service so that this psalm has this particular theme here and and it starts like this lord thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world even from everlasting to everlasting thou art god so it starts by saying before creation existed before the mountains were there before there were any hills or oceans or anything else before there were stars before there was light and dark you are god your your origin is beyond time and this is stands in stark contrast to our own origins we are embedded in time we have we are very finite we we celebrate things like new years and old years and birthdays and the passing of time and the lord does not and so this sets us as creatures 
as distinct from God, who, who is unbound by this restriction that we live in, uh, known as time. And it talks about not only from everlasting, but to everlasting, thou art God. The, the, uh, those words ring out of that psalm, because there is a future hope, although, again, it's not made explicit here. There is a future hope in God being our God, not only from the past, but also into the endless future. It is amazing, isn't it? Is that when, um, as we talk about God who existed before the mountains and the hills, he was in himself alone. There was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit dwelling eternally, always together in this fellowship of love, but there was no creature. There were no angels. There was, there was no light and dark and all of this. This didn't yet exist. So when we think about how it was before creation, God is by himself. But when we think about God in eternity future, forever and ever, existing eternally, he is not alone, but rather he's with us. This is astonishing to think about. So that God's eternity, we, don't, we do not share the eternity of God in the past, but because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, we do share it going into the future. So that God was God by himself, but now he's our God and bound up to him, sharing with his life, we now will also live forever beyond the destruction of the mountains and the earth and when everything is shaken and they all fall over and the stars fall into the depths of the sea, we will still be with God, rejoicing with him. So the eternity future, eternity past belongs to God alone, but eternity future belongs to God and also uh, to us with whom he shares it. Stanza four. A thousand ages in thy sight are like an evening gone, short as the watch that ends the night before the rising sun. That's the fourth stanza of O oh God, Our Help in Ages Past. Pastor Brian Wolfmiller is our guest as we study this hymn. Pastor Wolfmiller, this is just a simple statement of something you've said already, how God, not so much how he perceives time, but how he cannot be encompassed by time. Is there comfort there in this? I think the verse it's drawing upon is the a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. And Peter goes on to talk about the patience of God. Yeah, that's right. It's in, in Psalm 90, it says, A thousand years in thy sight are like yesterday when it is past, and a watch in the night. So it's almost, it's, it's not even, when Peter says it, he says a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. And that's taken up by St. John when he says that we're in the 1,000 years, in, in the time of God's patience between the, between the ascension and the second coming. I think these are all bound up together. But it's, it's really interesting to me that, that Moses doesn't say, with the Lord, a thousand years is like a day. He says, a thousand years is like yesterday. <laughs> in other words, it's already done. It's spent. Uh, so, so it's, it's already over. For the Lord, we think of a thousand years as this massive amount of time. It's an epoch. It's a. It's a. It's more than an era. And yet, for the Lord, oh, it happened already. It's already. It's already gone. Now, I think, and if I could, 
I, just to everyone to be aware that this is my own speculation. Why a thousand years here? I've, I've thought about this a little bit and, and this, so this is my guess. You're free to correct me or to throw me out or reject me or anything like this. But my guess is that the reason why Moses picks up a thousand years to compare to a yesterday that's passed in the timeless or eternity of God is that a thousand years is the age that no human being ever reached. We know the oldest, Methuselah, is 969 years old, I think, if I remember correctly. And you got to think that once you reach the 900, people start thinking, are you going to reach 1,000? Once you reach 950, you're going to make it. You're going to be a millennium. You're going you're gonna to get there. Just like when people get to their 95th birthday, they're wondering if they're going to make 100. And everyone's looking at Methuselah thinking, are you going to do it? Are you going to reach 1,000 years? And the Lord says, nope, you're, you're cut short. No one has ever lived for a thousand years so that the 1000 years stands as a testimony to our own finality, to our own mortality, to, to our createdness and our being bound up to death. No human being ever even really came close to a thousand years, 31 years away. That's still quite a bit. And yet for the Lord, a thousand years is as nothing. So this picks up on the extreme contrast to God's eternality and to our great finiteness. Now, that, that is at first not a comfort. It's a reminder that God is God and we are not, that God is the creator and we are the created. It at first stands as a great contrast to the strength of God and the weakness of our own humanity. And yet it does become a comfort when the Lord takes up this thousand years, especially, and he gives it to Peter, who says that the Lord is not slow about his keeping his promises, or as some are in the habit of thinking slowness. For the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. He desires none to fall away, but all to come to repentance. So the thousand years now, brought to us by St. Peter, becomes a description of the Lord's patience as he desires for man to be baptized and to become Christian and to believe in him and trust in him. So that the Lord is able to look upon us in our finality, in our mortality, and still look upon us with mercy to become, in fact, our brother, bone of our bones, flesh of our flesh in the incarnation, and also our Savior, so that he can have mercy on us who never would make it to a thousand years and, in fact, give to us eternal life. Does that reminder of God's patience and how, and again, coupled together with the right understanding of his sovereignty, does it help us deal with the frustration we often experience when it comes to time and impatience? What are you waiting for, God? Yeah, that's right. Yes, 100%. I mean, we think, you know, we wait for a day, we wait for two days, we wait for three months for the Lord to answer our prayers, and we think, oh, this is going on forever. And we remember that it's not only true that with the Lord, uh, a day is like a thousand years, but a thousand years is like a day. It goes both ways. And the Lord is, does everything according to his own timing. He often makes us wait. In fact, there's a parallel, especially the Old Testament, but even in the New, that waiting is paralleled to faith, <laughs> So that, so that uh, Isaiah 40 says that the one who waits on the Lord will mount up with wings like an eagle. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. It's, it's waiting on the Lord, trusting in his own timing on things. That be, that is a, that's an ex, waiting is simply an extension of our Christian faith into the, into the chronology, into the timeline of our lives. So waiting is what is faith plus time. <laughs> it's, it's knowing that the Lord, in fact, is in charge and that he rules and reigns all things for the sake of his church and that we often don't see the beginning from the end, but that the Lord does. 
Pastor Brian Wolf Miller is our guest. We're studying the hymn, O God, Our Help in Ages Past. He is pastor of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, and co-host of a weekly radio talk show called Table Talk Radio. Author of the book, Is American Christianity Failed? We will take up the subject of our mortality, our finiteness, when we come back. Listen to the best of the church's Christmas music during the entire Christmas season at LutheranPublicRadio.org. During the 12 days of Christmas, Lutheran Public Radio, LutheranPublicRadio.org. For nearly 140 years, the Lutheran Witness has taught the faith, defended it against error, and shown forth the great treasures of the Lutheran Church and biblical doctrine. We're continuing this legacy by publishing issues and articles that help you see the world from a Lutheran perspective and that teach biblical doctrine and show forth the treasures of God's Word. Visit our website to learn more and how to subscribe, witness.lcms.org. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. This is Pastor Clint Poppy, Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska, proud supporter of Issues Etc. Each month we host the Nebraska Lutherans for Confessional Study, a serious study of Lutheran theology. We generally meet on the fourth Thursday of each month from 9.30 to 2.30, and both clergy and laity are invited. There is no charge to attend. For more information, please call the church office or visit our website, goodshepherdlincoln.org, and click on the green NLCS tab. At Memoria Press, the Simply Classical curriculum is specifically designed for students with significant learning challenges. This complete program includes everything you need for a school, self-contained classroom, tutoring, or homeschool to make a classical Christian education accessible for any child. To learn more, visit us at simplyclassical.com and use the coupon code LPR24 at checkout. Simply Classical, a beautiful education for any child. Real Reformation Radio, you're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Augustana Lutheran, Moscow, Idaho. Emmanuel Lutheran, Green River, Wyoming. Grace Lutheran, Henderson, Nevada. Emmanuel Lutheran, Holloway, Minnesota. Messiah Lutheran, Seattle, Washington. Pacific Hills Lutheran, Omaha, Nebraska. Redeemer Lutheran, St. Cloud, Minnesota. St. John Lutheran, Rosemount, Minnesota, St. Paul Lutheran, Phoenix, Arizona, and Trinity Lutheran, Scottsboro, Alabama. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support, Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. We are studying the hymn, O God, Our Help in Ages Past. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues Etc. Pastor Brian Wolfmiller 
is our guest. If you enjoy the insights of Pastor Wolf Miller, be sure to order an audio DVD from our two Making the Case conferences in 2017. His teaching was titled Making the Case of Jesus for You. We'll send you a conference audio DVD for a donation of $300 to Issues Etc. You can order online at issuesetc.org or by check. Make a check payable to Issues Etc. and send it to Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Almost 20 hours of teaching, preaching, and singing on an audio DVD from last year's Making the Case conferences. Here is stanza five of O God, Our Help in Ages Past. Time, like an ever-rolling stream, soon bears us all away. We fly, forgotten as a dream, dies at the opening day. Mr. Wolf Miller, you had mentioned that this is a hymn of not only God's eternality, his sovereignty, but also of our mortality. Talk about what this stanza says about our mortality. I think about that casket <laughs> closed up and leaving for the gra- the graveyard when I when I hear this stanza. Yeah, that's right. All of us are dying, and we we come to ends. You know, we this is. There's this beautiful prayer that we pray at Compline, and that we pray that the Lord would be with us at the end, at the end of the day, uh, at the end of the night, uh, or at the end of the day, at the end of our life, at the end of the world, so that so that we come to all these ends and we reflect on our own end. We've come now to the end of the year, the beginning of the new year, but as we come to the end of this year, we reflect on the fact that our own years will come to an end. And this stanza reminds us of that, that we will not live forever. In fact, it's in this psalm that Moses says, teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Wisdom for Adam and Eve did not have anything to do with numbering their days. Their days were unnumbered. They would have continued on forever except for the fall. And now our days are numbered. There's a number for you, Todd. There's a number for me. There's a number for every one of us listening. And uh, when those numbers are, when we come to the end of it, we don't know when that is, but when we come to the end of it, that's all. That's, that's all the time that the Lord gives us in this life. Now, there's, there's joy in that, and there's uh, sorrow in that. And, and that's the wisdom that Moses wants us to have. He wants us to know that, look, you don't, don't waste your time. You, you're, you don't, time is a limited resource. It doesn't go on, at least on this life, it just doesn't go on forever and ever. Get, you know, get after it. Help your neighbor. Do something useful. The Lord's put you here so that you can be a, a, a lover of your neighbor, and you can help and serve them. You can trust in God, and he can forgive your sins. But also to know that the, uh, that the days of our suffering through this veil of tears will one day also come to an end, that they will also be over. It says in, and this also didn't make it into the hymn, but it's one of the most important parts of this Psalm 90. It says the days of our life are 70 uh, if by reason of strength they be 80, yet their strength is labor and sorrow, and they're soon cut off, and we fly away. So that the, the Lord has said uh, that um, we, we don't last forever, and we ought to know that, and in fact rejoice in that, because the days of our labor and the days of our sorrow will soon be over. 
There is a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells, and one day soon we will be there. So we work and we sing and we pray and we trust in God, knowing that one day uh, and one day soon our days will come to an end, but that our joy in the Lord will not come to an end, that the resurrection waits for us, that life eternal waits for us, that rest is ahead of us. So we work while it is still day, knowing that soon the night will come. I think this stanza is an amazing thing. And also in this, in the original Psalm 90, it says, like a flood is swept away. It, it brings back the reminder of Noah and the flood that came and swept everything else away. I think uh, Isaac Watts softened it and says, like a ever rolling stream. But this stream is no simple, you know, uh, you're floating flowers down the stream that's running through the woods. This stream is the flood that comes and it sweeps everything away. There's a last day coming in which the heavens and the earth will be dissolved and totally destroyed. And as we look for the end of all things, we trust in the Lord's mercy all the way through because we know that when heaven and earth are shaken, that we will be still rejoicing in the Lord's mercy, caught up, held safely in his arms, protected, like it says in the hymn, in the shadow of his wings. Watts added something, a little idea into this stanza, but I think it's still true. It's still biblical, and that is... It's not just that we die, but we die and we are forgotten among men. Our me- the memory of us, even the, the greatest, is lost in time. That's an aspect of our mortality that we ought to be mindful of, too. Yeah, that, that's helpful. There's some law and gospel there. I, you don't, I mean, it, we have to remember that it's not going to be in, in 4,000 years that people are going to be listening to old Issues Etc. broadcasts where you and I are talking about hymns. I mean, the, uh, we are here to not to serve the future, some sort of imaginary future. We are here to serve the neighbors that the Lord has given to us. So we are not out there trying to build a legacy and build a a posterity. We're trying to do something helpful to the neighbors that the Lord has put right in front of us right now. So we are not, the Christian is is neither stuck in the past, burdened down and, and held back by the past, nor are they obsessed with the future, but they're able to look with sobriety uh, knowing that the Lord is our help in the past and our hope for the future, we're able to look at sobriety to the right now that the Lord has given us and ask, who is the neighbor that the Lord has given me right now? Now they are the one that I'm here to serve. Is there something in here, if we remain mindful of the Scriptures, to Jesus talking about uh, storing up treasures in heaven rather than accumulating them here on earth? Jesus does say that on earth, uh, the distinction between the the storehouse of heaven and the storehouse on, on earth is that in heaven, moths don't get in and eat the clothes. Thieves don't break in and steal. Rust doesn't corrode. That the treasures, the heavenly treasures that we have are there forever. It's not only, and this is the, the point of what Jesus is saying there, it's not only that we're dying, it's that everything around us is also dying. You know, I I had to get a new belt the other day because my belt broke, and I it, it just thought to myself, how how is it? You know, every everything is just falling apart in the world. I don't know why that was such a testimony of the passing of time and the destruction of everything around me, but it really reminded me of that. Is that everything around is falling apart? You know, the glass, the glasses in the sanctuary, the the windows are breaking, uh, the cars falling apart, our own bodies are are starting to crumble. That everything around us is being is being corroded and being eaten away or being stolen or hijacked from us. But the treasures that we have in heaven, namely Jesus and His name and His righteousness and His kindness and His promises, that's our treasure. Those will never fade. 
The moths can't reach them. The rust doesn't corrode them. Nobody can take it that away from us. And in that great treasure, we find our joy and our peace in the midst of the, you know, fading troubles of this life. Stanza six. O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. Be thou our guard while life shall last and our eternal home. What are we asking for in this final stanza, Pastor Wolf Miller? Well, I, ironically enough, we we end where we started, and I think I think there's a little tongue in cheek in that because one of the things that Psalm 90 and Moses and the Bible and also the entirety of uh, of our Christian tradition teach us is that time has a beginning and an end, and yet there there's some things that continue on forever, and at most, especially the church's song. We see the angels singing over and over and over the hymns of great praise to the Lord. And so when this hymn ends with almost the same identical stanza that it began with, it's it's almost inviting us into this eternal song of the angels in heaven. And that's what we're asking for. We're asking that just as the Lord helped us last year, that he would also help us this year. That just as the devil comes to tempt us to despair of the future and even of the past, that the Lord would be our hope and that we would be prisoners of hope, that we would be anchored in hope, that we would abound in hope and joy and peace in believing, as St. Paul reminds us, and that going into this next year, we would be filled with this confidence that the Lord who created all things and upholds them all for the sake of his church is the same Lord who came down into my flesh and blood and took on himself my sins and died on the cross for me, so that my hope is, is nailed to a cross. My confidence is up out of the grave. My treasure has ascended to the right hand of God the Father. And when I know that the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all of my sins, I know that the same blood of Jesus makes today holy and tomorrow holy and eternity holy. He even sanctifies time for us Christians. And in that we rejoice. He is our hope for years to come, even unto eternal life. It's kind of crazy to think that when we, like the another great hymn says, when we've been there a thousand years, for all eternity, we will enjoy the nearer presence of the Holy Trinity and of Christ in his eternal incarnation. And we'll be singing and praising God for the things he did in this brief time that we call time. Yeah, it, it is astonishing. I mean, that the Lord who is before the mountains, the Lord who is bigger than the entire universe and completely contained in every place in it, the Lord who has almighty power, the Lord who causes the rain to come, who who causes stars to cease, the Lord who can do all things that this Lord has humbled himself to the work of our salvation, to humble himself to the point of death and even the death on the cross, that he has come down to us in, in this finiteness of time and of space and of history of, of a manger and a and a tomb that he uh, even in in the finiteness of his word and the promise and the gospel preached that the lord has has done all of these things because todd because he loved you and he loves me and he loves 
uh, all sinners. He has done this to rescue us. It is uh, mind-boggling. When we consider properly the greatness of God and the humility uh, of of our humanity, the, the exaltation of the Creator and the finiteness of us, His creatures, that He would do this for us so that we would enjoy Him forever is a stunning thing that leads us to thanks and, and praise uh, that will have no end. When we come back, we will hear the entire New Year's hymn, O God, Our Help in Ages Past, and we'll get Pastor Brian Wolfmiller's final thoughts on it. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues Etc. If you've enjoyed listening to Issues Etc. in 2023, please make a year-end gift to support this worldwide outreach. For a year-end donation of $250 or more, we'll send you our forthcoming book, Objections Overruled 3, Answering Arguments Against Christianity, and a new recording of 15 hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir. You can make a secure online contribution today at issuesetc.org. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support at the end of 2023. Join Lutherans for Life and Why for Life in Washington, D.C., Thursday, January 18th through Saturday, January 20th, for the 2024 Why for Life Free Conference. Registration is open through December 15th. Learn more at why4life.org. Great events, speakers, and social time. The 2024 Why for Life Free Conference, January 18th through the 20th in Washington, D.C., Y4Life.org. Education and edification. You're listening to Issues Etc. When pastors talk about us, they say ad crucem. When laity mention us, they say ad crucem. When telemarketers call us, they say ADC Rucam. But a Luther Rose by any name will smell as sweet. Ad crucem is the place to go. For greeting cards and artwork, jewellery and ornaments, housewares, church certificates, church banners, and much more, visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com. For your next family vacation, consider Our Beach House, a charming three-bedroom vacation rental on beautiful Siesta Key. Just off Sarasota, Florida, Siesta Key Beach, consistently voted America's best, is just 100 steps away. Whether you're watching the sunset over the Gulf of Mexico or frolicking in the warm surf, you and your family will fall in love with Siesta Key. Check us out at SiestaKeyRentalGenie.com or call Virginia at 941-266-1858. Welcome back to Issues Etc. on this New Year's Day. We are studying the hymn, O God, Our Help in Ages Past. Pastor Brian Wolfmiller is our guest. As we begin a new year, why not consider getting an associate's, bachelor's, or master's degree in 2018? Concordia University, Wisconsin Online offers 50 online degree options, and they'll waive your application fee when you use the promo code Issues, I-S-S-U-E-S. Just click their logo at issuesetc.org. Type in the coupon code Issues. Lifelong Lutheran Learning, Concordia University, Wisconsin, online. 
Let's hear the entire hymn, O God, Our Help in Ages Past. Pastor Wolf Miller, your final thoughts on this hymn. It is amazing that since the fall of Adam and Eve, uh, we are all mortal. We are all dying. And that death is the wages of sin. We, we weren't intended to die. It, our lives weren't intended to come to an end. We were intended to live on this earth, to be with God forever and to rejoice in his fellowship. But because of that first sin, we are all mortal. And we add to that. So that our days, like Moses says in Psalm 90 and like Watts says in the hymn, our days pass away under the wrath of God. This is why numbering our days gives us a heart of wisdom because we first learn to fear God. I mean, we all one day will face death, maybe this year, maybe next year, maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day. We don't know when the end will come, but we know that we will die. And we know that our own death is the punishment of our sins. And that all of our resolves, as we sit here on the edge of a new year and resolve to do this good work and that good work, to try this thing, to change this habit, to start this thing and end that thing, we know that all of our resolves are conditioned 
upon the Lord giving us another breath, on the Lord keeping us alive, that all of our resolves in the end fall short to love God and love the neighbor, and we stand condemned as sinners. But, but we do not look at this life, the past and the future, as those who have no hope, because we know that, that God is our help. And that help takes a very specific form. It took the form of a baby in a manger. It took a form of a, of a boy standing in the temple. It's, it took the form of a man in the Jordan River being baptized. And at last, it was the form of our Lord Jesus himself crucified on the cross, suffering what he should never have suffered, our own death and the punishment of our sins and the wrath that we should have had. It took that form. And knowing that God is our help, that Jesus is our Savior, that God was in our flesh to be crucified for us, we now march forward into time for however many days the Lord has given us. We march forward into that not only with hope but with faith, knowing that our sins are forgiven, knowing that the foothold of the devil has been filled in, and knowing that death now, death, is our friend, that when our last day comes, when all of our resolves are ended, and when at last the Lord causes our heart to stop and gives us our very last breath, that we will close our eyes and open them to see the face of Jesus and to hear his words, well done, good and faithful servant. So we march, we march on to this next year and we march on into time knowing that the Lord has done all of this for us. He is truly our help in ages past because he is crucified and dead and raised and he is surely our hope because he now sits at the right hand of the Father, waiting for us to come at last there. This is the heart of wisdom, to number our days and to know that in the last day, because of the three days that Jesus was in the tomb, our days will be unending and we will sing the Lord's praises without end. This is our joy and our peace, not only today, but the, the rest of our lives. Pastor Brian Wolf Miller is pastor of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, He's co-host of a weekly radio talk show called Table Talk Radio, and he's author of the book, Has American Christianity Failed? Brian, thank you very much for the time here on a New Year's Day, and a Happy New Year to you and yours. Happy New Year to you too, Todd. Issues Etc. continues after the break. The Church observes the circumcision and name of Jesus today, and we'll talk about it with Dr. Arthur Just of Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Digital technology and the church is the theme for the January issue of the Lutheran Witness magazine. This is a very timely and very important topic. The latest edition also contains a great column by Pastor Matt Harrison, president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, boldly defending a six-day creation. You can receive six digital or print issues of the Lutheran Witness for only $6.99. Learn more at cph.org slash try Lutheran Witness. That's cph.org slash try Lutheran Witness. Where does all of God's help in the past, all those promises, and his sovereignty over all things, past, present, and future, where does it all come together? Where does it culminate and find its fulfillment? It finds its fulfillment 2,000 years ago, outside Jerusalem with the Son of God, God in human form, hanging dead on the cross for a world of sinners, having shed his blood as the atonement for the sins of the world. In his death, he destroys death, and all that help in the past is now our hope for years to come. I'm Todd Wilkin, the circumcision and name of Jesus after the break. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc., Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. 
Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc. is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. Repentance and forgiveness, sin and grace, law and gospel, more than cliches, real preaching for real people in need of hearing the real Christ. Christ for you in the divine service at St. Paul Lutheran Church of Hamill, Illinois, where we gather every Saturday night at 6 and on the Lord's Day, Sunday mornings at 7.45 and 10. Look for the Church of the Neon Cross on I-55 between exits 30 and 33. Find us on the web, stpaullutheranchurchhamill.org. St. Paul Lutheran Church of Hamill, where there is the forgiveness of sins, life and salvation for the people of God. College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois offers ACT, SAT, and PSAT test prep scholarship application classes, college and career counseling, and more. Hi, this is Lori Konsky, president of College Preparation Station. We have helped our students obtain more than $7 million in tuition scholarships in 12 years. Find out more at cpsprep.com. Let us help you create a vision and find your future. The College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois, cpsprep.com. How can conspiracy theories become a form of idolatry? I've written a column for the latest issues, etc., a journal titled, Yes, Elvis is Dead, But God is in His Heaven, a pastoral response to conspiracy theories. We'll send it to you for free. Just click the red journal subscription button in the right-hand column at issuesetc.org. In the Wittenberg Trail feature, Julie Stegemeyer writes about her path from Methodism to Lutheranism. The free online issues, etc., journal, issuesetc.org. Do you long for a church that celebrates the divine service with reverence and joy, but without the unbiblical baggage imposed by a supposedly infallible hierarchy? Do you long for a church that confesses a divinely instituted office of the holy ministry for the giving of the Lord's gifts to his people and yet values and lifts high the priesthood of all believers? Welcome to the Lutheran Church. We're what you've been looking for. Find an historic, authentic church near you on the Find a Church page at issuesetc.org.